Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Hello, friends. It's time for a Soul Talk, and we are so glad to be in conversation with you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part of the Soul Shepherding community. Uh, this podcast, we're continuing our series on the stresses of the holidays and the wonderful things about the holidays and how we can lean into Jesus during this special season. And we're going to be talking about expectations and hopes. And this is something we need to pay attention to and pray about and uh, learn about for all the year long, but especially uh, times where there's a lot more activities going on, uh, times where we have a lot of expectations and a lot of hopes. And so how do we be healthy about that? How do we keep Jesus at the center of that? That's what we'll be talking about. And we just want to thank each one of you who uh, have donated to Soul Shepherding or even just considered that. Soul Shepherding is a nonprofit ministry, and we are supported by your donations. Most donations for churches and nonprofits like Soul Shepherding come in at the end of the year, so it's a really critical time for us to be able to balance our budget. We've had a year-end need of $300,000, and God is helping us. Uh, we're more than halfway uh, to that goal, uh, to that need at this uh, time of this airing. And so if every gift adds up to uh, enable this ministry as we care for pastors and missionaries and ministry spouses and uh, spiritual directors and soul friends and all kinds of people who are serving Jesus uh, so thank you for considering that, praying about how maybe you could be a part of our inner circle. It is easy to donate to Soul Shepherding. You just go to soulshepherding.org slash donate. You'll see how you can do that. You can do it through check, credit card, uh, automatic deposit from your bank. You can mail it in to us. Uh, so thank you so much for considering that. Bill, I, I love this idea of hopes and expectations, and I'm wondering how would you define the difference? Because I think there is some overlap too between hope and expectation. And sometimes it can get a little bit cloudy when, because I think I identify with hope as being like a positive thing. And sometimes I identify an expectation as being something like, oh, I, I got to be careful about my expectations or I don't want to have an expectation. And sometimes I think I even find myself trying to protect myself from having both because I don't want to be disappointed. We get blurry about them. They, they, they do get confused. And so having expectations of ourselves, of other people, uh, even of God is natural. And depending upon what we mean by the word expectation, uh, it can probably be a good thing or uh, an unhealthy thing, stressful thing. So in any situation, there is certain things that we're looking for. Uh, certainly in a job situation, there are uh, requirements uh, of the job and there are expectations that our boss has for us. Our family relationships and our friendships, they're, they're built on a certain implicit need for reciprocity and there's sort of a certain level of expectation that goes with that. But I think what we especially want to talk about is having expectations of ourselves or other people or God that are like being imposed on somebody in, in a way that is not giving freedom. And so often these expectations are even harmful to our own selves because they're unconscious. We don't even realize mm -hmm. what we're expecting. 
And, and when our expectations uh, replace or blur in with hope, that's going to be not very effective for us as a, uh, an approach to uh, our life and just our, our, our day and how we conduct our day because hope is a virtue. Hope is essentially anticipation of good from God. And oftentimes the way that we receive good from God is through people. And so having hope is really important. In fact, hope is in many ways, the mother of all virtue. The Bible teaches that uh, both faith and love spring from hope. Paul says that in Colossians. And so when we uh, anticipate and pray for and look for good things from God, when we have a certain optimism, uh, that is what strengthens our ability to, to trust God and to receive God's love and to be loving to other people. So uh, Hebrews, for instance, says that uh, God is a rewarder of those who, who diligently seek him. And so we, we need to anticipate that, yes, God is good and he is a rewarder. God wants to care for me. God wants to bless me. God wants to care for and bless my loved ones and, and every person on the planet. And so putting our hopes in the Lord, uh, in one sense, never leads to disappointment. But in another sense, when our hope is mingled with an expectation of exactly what we ought to receive or when we ought to receive it, then that's different. Then we do get disappointed. And because many of the things that we, we expect or want don't come to pass in the timing. And so part of what you're getting at, Christy, is that we will often guard against having any hopes because we don't want to be let down. And the reason why we do that is because we've experienced in life that sense of being let down, disappointed, hurt, left out, rejected. And when that, when these uh, losses and distresses happen and we don't have any empathy, we don't have someone to process that with and receive comfort or we don't know how to receive that comfort from God, that's like just, it's intolerable. And so the defense against that is of not having that experience again, of having hoped, and been disappointed, and then not getting any empathy or repair or comfort, we just, I'm not gonna be disappointed again. But if we know that when I get disappointed, there's going to be love for me, there's gonna be comfort and empathy, then I'm willing to take the risk to put my hope in God, and even, even to put my hope in God through people, because I know that God is good, and God is gonna bring me uh, a, a good answer to my prayer when the time is right. There's a lot of people listening to us probably, though, who have said, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm not sure I can hope again. I've been so disappointed, so crushed, even in God. People that have felt like, yeah, no, I believed Scripture when it said if I do A and B, the result will be C, and it hasn't worked out that way, and it doesn't work, and I've given up hope. I've lost hope. And so what's happening there is we're mixing in without realizing it expectations that we ought to receive a particular thing in a particular way in time, and that hasn't happened. And so, yeah, the Bible doesn't make promises along those lines. As soon as I'm like in control of the the um, meeting of the the prayer request that I ought to it ought to be a leads to be like you said, God's not living in that linear world. 
of everything is formulaic and God is looking at from an eternal perspective at what is good and what is best, which ultimately comes down to character and the spreading of the gospel, the good news of Jesus and the advancing of God's kingdom. And so the things that we experience in this life where we are hurt or disappointed or we experience injustice and uh, we naturally are uh, hurt or are angry, you know, God, why'd you let that happen? And we, we go through these experiences. When we get to heaven, we're going to see, we're going to see the fullness of God's light and glory upon that situation. And as we're standing in perfect love, we're going to realize how even in the middle of that disappointment, though it didn't seem like it at the time, God was loving me and God was doing something good for me. And we won't, we won't have regrets. We won't have a sense of that wasn't fair because when we're standing in the light and beauty and glory and love and purposefulness of, of heaven and eternity, it'll all be good at that point. But on earth, uh, there's a lot of things that happen that aren't good and it doesn't make sense why God let that happen. And so the scriptures help us wrestle with that time and again, the writers of the scripture, uh, like, like in Psalm 13, how long, O Lord, how long will you forget me forever? How long will my enemy triumph over me? I mean, these kinds of prayers are all over in the Bible because we experience disappointment, we experience pain. Scripture also says hope deferred makes the heart sick, and sometimes I'll respond to that, even I think unconsciously, with thinking, yeah, so I'm just not going to have any hope because I don't want to have to live with that deferred hope. It's so painful, it's so hard. Yeah, and I think what we miss there, it's natural, uh, and I understand I've wrestled with that myself, and I've just come to the place saying, no, I'm going to take the risk of hoping because to not hope sets us up to be experience a lot of being left out and missing out because, as I said, all good things come from hope. So, yeah, hope deferred makes the heart sick unless we adjust our hopes. So there, there is a process of our hopes need to be purified. So uh, I can hope for our, our new book uh, to be a best-selling book and pray for it to be a best-selling book and, and have like the best of intentions and just wanting to reach more people and help more people. But is that a hope or is it an expectation? And when I, when I, and putting a hope in a particular thing uh, rather than in God and submitting to God. And I think when I submit to God as God and I realize that my greatest hope is, uh, the greatest fulfillment of hope is to be a part of God's kingdom, to be with Jesus in the Father's world because Jesus came to earth and as a human being and showed me how to live a perfect and holy life and he, he did that. Uh, and then he gave his life on the cross for me and I'm, my sins are forgiven and I have new life, eternal life, abundant life. And that's the great hope and living that out and sharing that. And then all the things that are going on in our daily life are, um, really understood from that perspective. We can see the unfolding of God's plan in a way that's a great blessing. So I can adjust my hopes. I can, I can trust that, okay, this doesn't feel right. 
I'm, and I might be angry and, and be in a season of disorientation. But if I talk to somebody that's safe, talk to my friend, my spiritual director, keep praying it through, through that process, I, I can adjust those hopes and rediscover and uh, trust again. That, no, God is good and he's, he is being good and loving to me and to my loved one that I'm praying for and we're struggling with this situation. So let me clarify what I think you're saying. I think you're saying that when you find a hope isn't being met, something that you hoped for, it, that what you do then is you look at it and you say, well, where has I, have I had some unhealthy, unrealistic, unhelpful expectations attached? And you try to identify those. And, and then you try to look at and where... Can I truly place true hope in God and his goodness? Yeah, there's a refining process, right? And so we, we walk out our life with Jesus and uh, with loved ones that help us to follow Jesus. And uh, that includes wrestling and includes questions and disappointments and injustice and all, all this stuff and holiday stress and family conflict and uh, disappointments when... Uh, a particular event doesn't go the way we want it to or year end in our, in our, um, our work or our ministry doesn't turn out like we want it to. I mean, there's many things, right? And so when I can hold those before the Lord and uh, abandon the outcomes of the situations to God, I do my best, but I don't trust my best. I trust God. And so when I look at the reality of how a situation turns out, can I see and trust that God was loving me through that and he was loving the people around me. Can I uh, ask the question, well, Lord, what, what are you doing here? And uh, continue to, to pray and to seek God in that situation. So I think that our hopes need to be refined because a lot of times we will look back and go, well, I guess I had sort of a small hope there or a unhealthy expectation and my hope wasn't really in God, and my hope wasn't really in the flourishing of God's kingdom. Um, my hope wasn't really in the growth of my character to become more like Jesus, to become more loving like Jesus. And these are the best things to live for that bring the greatest joy. Yeah, hope really is a gift. I've been appreciating the gift of hope more as I've been grieving my mom's death because much of the way that she died didn't meet my expectations <laughs> didn't go the way I sm- maybe small hoped um, and yet I'm grateful that I know that now I live with the hope that it's all redeemed that she's in glory that she's not suffering anymore that um, that it, nothing was wasted in that even though there were things that I didn't understand that didn't go the way I hoped or maybe more a better use would have been even expected. I just wasn't maybe wanting to own my expectations. So it was easier just to say hoped. Yeah. So with your mom, um, it's been quite a journey. So it's two years and there were a number of aspects, especially nearer to the end before she died, where there were prayers uh, that we had that weren't being answered. And there were ways that she was suffering and ways that you and your sisters caring for her and the family were suffering with her. And so there are particular points in time where it felt like 
yeah, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And like, this is unanswered prayer. And like, yeah, we're putting our, our, our hopes into our prayers and they're not being answered. So what, what has helped you as you've wrestled through that and what's helped you to trust that God is good and to keep looking to God with anticipation and hope that God is going to do something loving here, something really great. I think a couple of things. I think one thing was being able to own and realize, well, a lot of that was my expectations and it wasn't really fair to put those on God. Um, and to even say, I, God didn't answer my prayers the way I wanted him to and fulfill my expectations, but he did answer. I, I do feel confident he was, he was hearing me. He was answering, just not in the ways I expected or had, had hoped he would, but in the bigger picture of his goodness and what really matters, can I, can I trust God? Will I choose to trust God in that? And I will. And that's, that's a, that restores me in hope in his goodness and that and restores me in hope to be able to continue to pray for good things, even when they don't get met in the way I expect and to be able to humble myself before God to realize that, well, my, my hopes that often are tied to expectations of what I want or what I desire aren't ultimate and that, that those aren't really my true hope. My true hope is God and his goodness and that he, he even wouldn't answer prayers that wouldn't be good because they're not, they're limited. What I pray for is limited based on my perspective to understand. Well, Christy, I was privileged uh, and continue to be privileged to walk with you through the grief journey. And I mean, I have my own grief as well because I love and miss your mom, but so much more for you. Uh, she's been such a loving uh, person and Christian and really a hero for you as a, just a godly woman and, and a leader and so strong and generous uh, in your life and in our family. And so as you've been grieving and remembering and uh, different the waves of grief come at different times and be your first Christmas season without your mom. And I have seen you persevere with your hope in the Lord. And I think hope and perseverance, when, when hope is healthy, it, it, is a, it is a persevering. It, I mean, it ebbs and flows in terms of the feeling of it, of course, but we keep resetting our hopes on God and we keep re-anticipating good from God and we keep re-translating or re-reviewing and thinking through our circumstances and, and the experiences that we're having to look for evidences of God being God, a God of love and, and joy and peace. I think the piece that you were saying earlier about being able to receive comfort and empathy in the grief really is key in that. I know that as I have been able to process my grief and receive empathy and comfort from you, from my spiritual director, from friends, from my sisters, that that does help me reorient back into hope again. Uh, even at the end of talking to my spiritual director and just pouring out my grief, oftentimes I feel this surprising sense of hope again, restored and renewed. And, I, and we see this rhythm in the Psalms all the time where the psalmist is praying these prayers where basically he's saying, he's not using these words, but God, you're not meeting my expectations. But then he ends his psalm with these beautiful words of renewed faith and hope in God. And I experienced that too, even in our empathy prayer exercise we put in our book, 
healthy feelings, thriving faith. That's one of my favorites because it helps me with this process. If there isn't, if, if I don't have availability to talk to, to a soul friend, to you, to a spiritual director, to somebody who can, can be there for me to process this disappointment of expectation, whatever it is, um, I can, I can do the empathy prayer journaling that we put in healthy feelings, thriving faith and receive empathy from God and feel it helps me connect and feel his presence and hear his voice and be restored as I'm getting out some of this unconscious emotion and thoughts. And then I get restored and reoriented back into being able to trust God. And that, that seems so important in life. We see this as such a, a key part of the lives of the saints that are recorded for us in scripture that they had to continue to persevere, you know, David, Joseph, Moses, long, long periods of deferred hope, long, long periods where their promises, they didn't see being answered. It didn't go the way they expected it. God's timeline isn't our timeline. His ways are not our ways. And they all had to persevere and hope through that. Yeah, Paul says, I think it's in Romans 13, may the God of hope fill you with all comfort and so that you would overflow with hope and love and joy. And so the, the, there is a, a link there between... May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace so that you can overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans fifteen thirteen. It's one of my, my favorite verses because I have been injured in this area of hope. It's been hard for me. It's been something that I learned pretty early on to secure myself by not hoping and not having expectations because the disappointment was so painful and it actually was something that I think my parents didn't necessarily, I think, mean to crush hope in me, but I think they, they actually trained me in that because they didn't, it was painful for them when I didn't, my expectations weren't met because my expectations and hopes were high. I was idealistic and they didn't, it was a burden to them that I had such high hopes and expectations. And so I think they tried to get me to not hope and not have expectations so I wouldn't be disappointed in order to try to protect me from that disappointment. But it, it did, it did cost me some depression and it did cause, it did change my, my sense of being able to have faith and confidence and venture it with courage. And as I was able to recognize that injury and to be able to realize that actually I did some training around not hoping it helped me to memorize that verse. Yeah, and the verse is bringing in that the connection of hope and re- receiving love from God and uh, the, the God's caring presence, comforting presence. And so it's essential that we learn how to receive comfort, empathy, care from God and from people in order to renew our hopes. And w- I think that your story really illustrates the point that we stop hoping or guard against hoping or, or use defense mechanisms in order to not get disappointed because we don't trust that I can be vulnerable and there'll be empathy for me. Mm-hmm. I can be vulnerable and have dignity as a person and mm-hmm. self-respect. And so we associate the emotional drop of the disappointment the neediness, the brokenness, 
being emotional is an intolerable place to go because I will be alone, I'll be rejected, I'll be judged, I'll be criticized. And so we're trying to avoid that whole experience. Mm -hmm. And then as parents or uh, caregivers, friends, um, we can perpetuate that un unwittingly, un unintentionally, no, no malice intended, but we can, we can um, pass that on to others if we don't want them to experience the disappointment because we don't know how to help them with the emotional response of that. So we're trying to avoid that, that emotional pit. But if you know you're not alone in the pit and there's empathy for you and grace for you and God is present for you, then you're going to be able to, to climb out and you're, you're going to be able to realize that actually it's better to love and lose than to never love at all. It's better to try and fail than to never try because it's only if I try that I can ever succeed. And it's only if I take the risk of love that I can ever be loved. And so a, a world without hope ends up being a, an empty life, a lonely life, a depressing life. And so God is so worthy of our hopes. We just need to be open to that persevering in hope and that refining process and renewing process of realizing that, okay, I've had some, I've had some expectations here as in like trying to control outcomes or trying to make things happen or wanting to, like you said, Christy, wanting to secure myself in my life and that stuff, we don't realize it or even intend it necessarily, but it, we're sort of playing God there. And so hope is available to us in a world where we're, God is God and God is good and I'm trusting God that the Lord is sovereign and he is bringing to pass uh, all things will work together for the good of us who, who love the Lord and we've been called according to his purpose and, and we're, we're seeking to live in a way that we're following Jesus and so uh, good things are going to come to us and we're going to see that very clearly in eternity. Uh, lots of times we get the short end of the stick on this this earth, and some people get way more than their uh, share of of pain and suffering and hardship, and it, it doesn't add up. It, but in heaven, it all adds up with uh, beauty and glory and wonder and rewards. And so it's just a matter of that that perspective and learning how to work that into my my personality and really just like into my daily schedule that. I'm continually looking to, okay, where is God in this situation? What, what is God teaching me here? What can I learn from this? How is God loving me? Or how is God loving this person, even though it doesn't seem like it? And sometimes we need to have somebody help us to see that. Because sometimes we really are in a season where we just, we really can't see it. And I think to even, to, to pray during that season requires some hope. And sometimes if we don't have it, we just need to be prayed for. We need someone to carry us through when we really are in a season where we've lost all hope. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are the one who carries us. We just praise you, Lord, Son of God, that you became human. You became a baby. And you went through all the stages of life, all the temptations and stresses and pains you were sinned against. And in all of this, day after day, over time, you show us the beautiful life of love and of God's wisdom. 
you show us what God is really like. And then you gave your life for us, died on the cross to open the way for us to be forgiven, be in an unfailing eternal relationship of love with you and your Father, the Holy Spirit, the angels, all the heavens, all the people of God. Thank you, Lord, for your great love for us that we celebrate in this season. You are the God of hope, and we put our hopes in you. As each of us think about something in our life that we're struggling with, stressed by, or disappointed by, we look for you there, Jesus. Show us your open arms that bring comfort. Show us your wisdom where you're bringing something good from God for us and for our loved ones. You are our source of hope, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Friends, would it give you joy to donate to Soul Shepherding? I know for Christy and me, it's a blessing that we can limit our expenses in certain areas of our life so that we can be generous and support God's work. And if you would enjoy being on the Soul Shepherding team, donating to Soul Shepherding, uh, we would appreciate that. Just go to soulshepherding.org slash donate and you can uh, give a, uh, a check. You can give by credit card. You can give a recurring gift. And uh, thank you very much for considering that. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram 